You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Stevings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. I'm very offended by the chat. I know. (laughs) Well, hello and welcome to episode number 210 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in the barn studio this week, as always, is my co-host Matt Smith. Indeed, absolutely. Sorry, what I should just explain there is uh, it's like Paul Tricker, who hasn't been in our chat room for a very long time, uh, basically said that uh, it, it was this, this thing about, like, I've obviously been out of things for a while, but since when do we start on time? He does have a good point. He does. Yeah, we have started on time a few times in the Yeah, in the usually past. when I'm not here, to be fair. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So joining us, uh, as always, as always via Skype. It's uh, the wonderful co-host that is Mr. Neville Bounds. Hello everybody and uh, yeah great to be back on the show again uh, from my studio this time. Uh, really enjoyed last week in the barn studio mm, yeah. although by the time we'd left it did smell a lot of kebab I have to say. <laughs> I don't know what um, you mean. But uh, <laughs> we you had mean. an awesome bit of grub just before we started, and uh, it was uh, brilliant, actually. We really took, nice. it, so took him Missing to... you guys, uh, not being there, but uh, great to be on the show. We also took him to our local as well, didn't we? The, yeah, the we Czech did. Yeah. It's a yeah. proper pub, yeah. that is, isn't it? Had a, had a few nice. pints, didn't Indeed. we? It was very yeah, good. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, welcome to everyone who's joined us on the show this evening. It's uh, Friday, and uh, it's the 30th of March. I know. Ooh, Easter. Easter. Easter weekend. I hope you're all... Uh, good Friday here, yeah. Gorgeous on Easter eggs and stuff yep. uh, as you all should be and uh, well it's two minutes past seven we started on time as we said at the top of the show but loads of people joining us in the live chat room this evening loads of names in there all the usual uh, suspects as always Shorty Cosgrove Jennifer has uh, popped in there Jordan Rose Liz Piper uh, Lane Street Dr. Steph she's uh, Apparently watching the show, I think she's driving home. Yes, yeah, she is. Worried yes, about yes. that. Uh, Paul Tricker. Paul, she's listening to the show. It's been a long watching. time, Paul. We haven't yeah, seen you for a while, absolutely. but uh, welcome back, Paul. Uh, our main man, Micah, as well, is also in the chat room. Jordan Rose, I think I mentioned Jordan. Evan Shue, as well, who's in the chat room, just scrolling up. Richard King. Hello, Richard King. Pilot Pip. Pilot ah. Pip's currently on location somewhere in, in the, the, Isle, in of the Isle of Man. Yeah. Uh, so I hope you're having a good holiday, Pip, anyway, where you are. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I think I've mentioned everyone. I'm just scrolling up. Yeah, if Julian Garwood was in Julian Garwood was in earlier. Yeah. Hello, Julian, yes. <coughs> and, uh, yeah, so welcome to everyone who's joined us on the live stream tonight. We've got loads of stories in the news this week. And mm. uh, we've also got uh, a really great uh, segment from... Uh, from from uh, the MPE, from Nev's Passenger Experience uh, segment yes. this week as well. And we also have some voice feedback, uh, which is from Captain Nick, yes. which is regarding a certain subject in, from last week's show, yes, uh, which yes. you're all going to enjoy, yes. I think. Do we very you much. put this into the uh, category of negative feedback? Uh, oh, possibly, no. yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> or or, or pick, picking me up, basically. I don't even remember doing it. That's the really bad thing. Anyway, all become apparent later in the show. And we also, this week, have some uh, voice feedback, which is actually an interview that was, is, yeah. uh, that was done by uh, Andrew, was, Wilson. Andrew yeah. Wilson. Yeah, a yeah. couple of weeks ago, he actually sent it in. And I'm sorry it's taken us a couple of weeks to get it out, but uh, we've had sort of quite, quite a busy few shows yeah. here, so it's the first opportunity we've had to yeah. put it out. But really good interview. Looking it is. Looking forward to do that. Yeah, Andrew's, uh, Andrew's speaking to Mark Lewis uh, following a lecture he gave at the Royal Aeronautical Society. Mm. So that's going to be really good. I'll listen to that. Yeah, it's looking really, forward to really that, good. Yeah. So as for studio improvements, just a quick update on how the PTUK studio is doing. Well, it's uh, it's moving along. Um, it certainly is. Moving along. Yep. We've uh, I, I had a little uh, 
little what three hours yesterday yes, yeah, small three um, hours, small three hours yesterday yeah. here uh, at the barn um putting in some soundproofing yes, which yes. is very similar to the soundproofing that nev's got behind yeah, him indeed. uh behind it so if you see there we yes, go indeed. there's nev yes. he's busy tapping well, uh, away. the egg boxes the egg box look, yeah. yeah so <laughs> okay. very similar to that but the only thing is ours is pink currently no no it's going to be black but it's going to be finished, black yes, yeah, by absolutely. the time we finished um, spraying it all up but no it's uh, the studio's coming along very well yep. we're moving swiftly along we've got uh, a few more finishing touches to do until uh, before we put the the desk in and uh, all yeah, the various bits and then bits start cabling the night and then cabling yeah. yeah and uh, and then after that it's going to be kind of you know only a matter of a few weeks until we uh, well we hit the the go live button I suppose for yeah, the new studio for the very first time yes and well, of course last week we took delivery of a rather marvellous gift oh, from the APG yes. crew didn't we <gasps> yes Nev tell us about that gift you got <laughs> well um, I uh, was talking to Jeff about the new studio Captain Jeff about the new studio and he said oh uh, do you think the lads would fancy a um, an on air light I said oh that's indeed. very nice you Jeff I yeah. think they probably would thank you very much indeed. indeed so not only did he send one down to the to, to the studio but he sent one to me as well so uh, outside my studio i have a very bright <laughs> yes on air light which looks though i'm in um, well frankly one of the places in amsterdam you're right so. indeed yes <laughs> mrs <laughs> nev is very concerned isn't she yes. <laughs> so we're gonna have to <clears throat> think about the lighting a bit yes. for these new studio but that's very nice of you indeed Jeff. Oh, amazing and, uh, yeah. We yeah. Really yeah yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. So much. we've yeah. got some great ideas about what we're going to do and uh, yes. in answer to liz liz's question in the chat she's saying will there be a grand opening i think the short answer is we're going to have to have one we, i think, well, I think we yeah, will absolutely. have to have a grand opening yeah we're going to have to put some thought into what we're going to do, I suppose, for our yeah, first indeed. episode in the new studio. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. Well, you know, I, I've got a few ideas in my head that we were talking about earlier, so, you know, it, it could be exciting times. Anyway, so, enough about all that drivel. So quick catch-up, then, with uh, with what we've all been up to. Nev, what, what's, uh, what's your win week been like? As usual, when it comes to Easter, we all try and cram five days' work into four, <laughs> and it certainly felt like it this week, I can tell you. I was yeah. so tired yesterday. Um, tired of some of my couple of my clients it would be particularly difficult uh, but we're not going to make do they not do they not um, oh please name names no 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 uh, but then next week because we've got another four day week which is obviously great for us but, yes uh, again we seem to cram loads yes. of stuff into a, a short period of time but clients uh, do like leaving things to the last minute don't they they so? do don't they but uh, never mind um, what about you carlos what have you been up to this week Oh, the same as what Nev's just said, cramming um, a stock take right at work uh, into um, four days, plus doing the usual jobs with various different kind of metalworks and stuff that I have to uh, deal with, and unloading and unloading and lorry loading lorries on the forklift and la 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 la, yeah. all the rest of it, and, and I've got to go back to work next uh, Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we're, having a, uh, we're having a metal, or metal checking um uh, kind of um, rebrief. Well, well, for, for for some of the 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 aspects of the work I have to do, yes. we build the components that make MRI scanners. Oh. So Ooh. the big MRI scanners right, yeah, you yeah. go into the tunneling and blah 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 and this that and the other. Yeah. And uh, we all the fasteners that we use on those have to be non-magnetic. So right. every six months we have to have magnetic training. So oh. we have to learn how to hold a magnet right. and then hold a nut or a bolt and go. Oh yes, all right. right. Okay, so, right. Yeah. That sounds very stressful, Carlos. So and how about you, Matt? What are you been um, coaching, busing, driving? I have, yeah, actually, I I did a day trip to London on, <gasps> on Wednesday, which is t took me a little bit by surprise. That was quite nice. Uh, and then um, yeah, sort of uh, Thursday was just normal day in the office. Uh, today I've just come back from going down to Henley, down near down near Nev's neck of the woods, down that end, and. Uh, 
and that was quite nice. Went to uh, the uh, boating and rowing museum, which was nice. It got sort of things about Matthew Pinson and and Steve Redgrave and all about the Olympics and uh, and obviously the Cambridge boat race and all that kind of thing. So very interesting. And then tomorrow I'm off to Stansted to help move move Owen. From, Owen's moving. Yes, to New Digs. So yes, so I'm borrowing the TriStar van. Yes, the van uh, is out yes, tomorrow indeed, with yeah, uh, to, with Matt. To go and do very important jobs. Uh, mo- moving moving our our favourite Harpjet um, cabin crew to New Digs. So there we are. I can That's confirm. I I did give the uh, TriStar van a good clean inside. Well, that was clearly uh, a waste today. of time, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> to ready for your uh, for usement tomorrow. Oh, right. well, well, you know, royalty, obviously. Mm. And uh, yeah. and the the hard drive in the van is filled up Full with of lots tunes. of tunes Lovely. for you. So Excellent. there we go. Well, there we are. Anyway, this got, none of this has anything to do with uh, <laughs> aviation whatsoever. So we oh, probably no. ought to have a little bit of I a know. shift change. Yeah. So <laughs> we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt, I am. Yes. And if you're ready, Nev. Yep, absolutely. Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story. This one is on the BBC News dot uh, website. So it's obviously you know very worthy website because it's yes, BBC News. It's BBC. And Dear uh, Auntie, uh, yes. I know. So yeah. <laughs> uh, this story, then, this is. I mean, we've all seen the programmes on telly, the, the various bailiff stories where they uh, the yes. bailiffs go in and and remove stuff from uh, mm. people's houses when they can't pay their bills. Well, the headline: Air passengers sending bailiffs to airlines. So bailiffs are being sent into airline offices because companies are failing to pay passengers compensation for flight delays and cancellations. Uh, Thousands of court rulings ordering compensations have been ignored by airlines, including EasyJet, Thomson, which is now TUI, or TUI. Uh, In one case, bailiffs even boarded a plane. What? EasyJet says it's changing its policies about claims, while TUI uh, has launched an investigation. Bailiffs uh, are arriving at the offices of leading UK airlines, and staff are paying on the spot with debit or credit cards. An investigation by you and yours has found that uh, if staff fail to pay up, the bailiffs can remove and sell their office equipment (laughs) and furniture. In one case, bailiffs boarded a plane belonging to uh, the European airline, uh, which... Well, it possibly could have been a, an orange-coloured one, and prevented it from taking off until the owners paid up. Since 2005, EU rules state that passengers who have had their ro- uh, flights cancelled or delayed three hours or more are entitled to compensation of around £500, depending on the flight. But when they uh, put their claims in, many passengers have found that the airlines ignore them. As a result, some passengers have turned to lawyers to get compensation, but they they too have been ignored. Uh, TUI Airways and EasyJet have now thousands of unpaid county court judgments against them. <gasps> when you and yours searched official records, there were so many outstanding court uh, orders against EasyJet and TUI Airways that the official websites crashed. <laughs> now, new, uh, now, oh, new court judgments are being registered against TUI Airways at a rate of around 20, 20. a day. <laughs> some passengers have turned to solicitors including um, uh, 
Bot & Co, which acts right. on behalf of flight delay clients, and in some cases sends bailiffs to recover compensation. Passengers shouldn't have to, uh, to go to law- lawyers at all to get what mm. they're owed, uh, solicitor Corby Benson told the programme. The airlines ignore solicitors who present a for- or present a formal letter of compensation, then ignore the court proceedings, and finally they ignore the court judgment against them as well, he said. He added that airlines think they can bury their heads in the sand thinking that the problem is going to go away, but that's not the case. Blot & Co, which describes bailiffs as a last resort, says they've sent them to airlines offices dozens of times. In a statement, Tui Airways told you and yours that we're extremely concerned and disappointed by the volume of these judgments. It added that they're conducting a full and thorough investigation to understand what has happened to and how to resolve them. EasyJet have said, historically we have chosen not to defend all EU 261 county court cases in certain circumstances. However, it added, we have recently reviewed that approach and this is no longer the case. The programme, You and Yours, is on BBC Radio 4, weekdays 12.15 until 1. So, so that's, I mean, that, that's this is a really <laughs> worrying story, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm just, I, I, can't. I think I'd be a bit worried if I was on board the the uh, the, the jet and uh, the bailiffs came on board and started removing seats and uh, the computer systems. <laughs> it's just like, but EasyJet said historically we have chosen not to defend all mm. EU two six one county court. I mean, you can't really defending them or not is the irrelevant thing, isn't it? Is the fact is if there's been a county court judgment made against you and you don't yeah. and you don't <laughs> adhere to it, then the next step is bailiffs. I mean, oh. it just doesn't. Some there's what, a serious. It, what do I you mean, think of this, Nev? I, I think this is probably a little bit opportunist, but at the end of the day, you know, the EU two six one ruling is in is place law. to deal yeah. with these situations. And of course, the problem is that the turnaround time of especially the low cost carriers and yeah. some others as well. Um, you know, if something goes wrong at the start of the day. Uh, for one of the aircraft or the crew goes sick that's mm. it the, the schedule is messed up for the whole day and of course mm. if you're if that aircraft is scheduled to fly you know uh, four or five sectors maybe um, that that's a big problem for the airline it is. Um, so but uh, the whole point of that yeah, EU 261 compensation ruling is to deal with exactly that situation it yeah. is absolutely and I, I just like you know with you know, some of us have all been there. You know, where we've had problems in, in, in with with money and that kind of thing. But it's just like the last thing you do is ignore it. You know, you have to, you have to acknowledge it and at least liaise with them in regard to putting. I, I just seem such a. Did they? Do you think? Are they sort of thinking that maybe they won't go to the expense of sending in bailiffs and things like that? That's the only logical reason I can think mm. of why you would just ignore it. But it when you when you look sense. at this, the compensation that that says on the story is around five hundred pounds or thereabouts for the compensation. You know, the, these airlines, these are big airlines. Two is huge. You know, EasyJet's huge, mm. and a lot of the European carriers are big airlines. You know, they make yeah. they make five hundred pounds a second millisecond right. they make yeah. this money in you know in seconds and for them not to just sort of say well we'll just pay the 500 pound yeah. and, and be done with it it's bizarre indeed indeed oh well anyway on to the next, next story. story uh this is on the mirror.co.uk again another <laughs> newspaper we all go to for our aviation related news uh story two obviously is uh ryanair as always and the headline is bride to be on hendu gives tipsy safety demo on ryanair flight in front of bemused passengers i can only imagine uh so a bride to be 
kicked off her Hendu in style as she gave passengers an alternative safety briefing ahead of their flight. Wearing a, a, a veil tiara with the word bride and a stewardess jacket, 26-year-old Tara helped cabin crew with a hilarious demonstration on demonstration on the Ryanair service from Brussels to Barcelona. With a little help from a steward, she points out the exits to fellow flyers, demonstrates how to put seatbelts on and also how to inflate the life jacket. The Belgian uh, natives' friends are heard giggling throughout the, the video and also shows where in where in front of the seat pocket the the, the, the uh, front seat pocket where the safety card is um I do, yeah uh, this is a bit of a bizarre this is loads of sort of photographs and stuff and i'll play you a video in a minute this video was uploaded by tara's friend julie mariner who can be heard laughing uncontrollably behind the camera she uh later tweeted the video with the caption thank you ryanair for helping us make her uh, bachelorette extra special speaking towards us uh, speaking afterwards the communications professional told the irish son uh, we woke her up yesterday at six in the morning so she could pack a suitcase and we dressed her up as a flight attendant when we boarded we asked if we asked the crew if she could help with the flight instructions since uh, she was dressed like them now i won't read anymore because obviously you get the gist of this story uh, how do we all feel about that just out of interest um, i it, when i saw the story i thought this is this is typical this is one of those yeah. i actually i thought when i first initially saw the story i thought this is a jet 2 story right yeah. um, but okay. uh, obviously yeah. obviously you know, it could so be it's going to be a ryanair story yeah. but no this um uh, I mean, Nev, I mean, it, it looks kind of naughty, but I, you know. It's... Well, imagine that if something did go wrong, you know. I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah. it, was there a proper safety briefing afterwards, after the mm. mucking about mm. one? I don't know, but uh, you just, yeah, if, if something know. had gone wrong on takeoff and they needed to evacuate the aircraft quickly, I know hopefully most people know how to get off if it all does go wrong, but yeah. I just think some of this stuff is, I know it's a lot of fun, but... I just think you've got to. Yeah. Safety, safety is safety, isn't it? And you, you can't muck about with it. Indeed. I mean, I, th I think on the whole aircraft, if you had a whole entire 737 800 of passengers and you, after the safety briefing, said, you know, to all the passengers, honestly, out of everyone on the aircraft, put your hands up if you actually took notes and listened and watched the safety briefing. I wonder how many hands would be in the air. Well, yeah, indeed. Mm. There's. there's this is the thing. I mean, it is a bit questionable. I mean, it is, it is fun. To be fair, I mean, we're watching the video now. I mean, they are going through the motions. I mean, everything, all the boxes are being ticked in regard to the safety demo, aren't they? But um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel, oh, I don't know. I, it, I, I, I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not sure. I'm, not, I'm really not sure how I feel about that. I really don't. But uh, there we go. Mm. <clears throat> Mm. Anyway, you, anyway, you, you get the gist. Yeah, you yeah. get the gist. Uh, yeah, um, and a safety kind of uh, thing. I, I, it would be interesting to hear from uh, some some cabin crew as to mm. what they think about yeah, uh, about that. Indeed. Anyway, on Moving to the next story. On. That would be you, Senev. It is, and this is on the incentivetravel.co.uk, and cleverly enough, they've <clears throat> made the font absolutely tiny, so I've had to <laughs> zoom it up here. <laughs> 
but there we are. And it's a British Airways story, which we always like, of course. And BA have launched a new non-stop service to Las Vegas from London Gatwick yesterday, which was actually the 27th of March. Uh, the flight will operate three times a week from the 26th of October 2018 and is expected to have overall uh, an overall economic impact of nearly $49 million to Southern Nevada. As an essential market for Las Vegas, visitation from the United Kingdom remains strong and is the top source for overseas visitation to the destination and third overall internationally. In 2016, we welcomed more than 753,000 guests from the United Kingdom to Las Vegas. That does not surprise me at all. Um, but actually, normally, it's reasonably inexpensive to, to get there. And uh, Carlos is just doing a bit of uh, looking at the um, uh, flight um, pricing and what have you. And if you're flying out on Saturday and returning the following Saturday from London Heathrow, as an example, uh, it's £1,403 in economy and a bargain basement, £10,208. <laughs> in business class but i think you might have to book it a bit earlier yeah i, I think uh, you might have to yeah. affairs there. But, um, but yeah it remains a huge destination i should be going out there myself for our trade show in june um and uh, yeah it's um, it's a very popular destination and that every flight i've ever been on to las vegas has been absolutely uh, chock-a-block indeed so, so. in fact actually i will be returning to trade shows and indeed las vegas uh, later on in the show mm -hmm. as we welcome uh, a couple yeah. of people who have just come back from a trade show probably the same place the way you're going to be fair nev uh who yep. came back a couple of weeks ago where where i it has to be said they didn't have the best experience with this exact same airline not mm. from gatwick it has to be said because this one was from heathrow but anyway, more to come uh, with that uh, later. So the next story is on the sfgate.com. Another uh, quality. San Francisco yeah. gate.com. <laughs> and the headline, and uh, there's some pictures to go with it as well. Uh, the it, first oh, okay. look inside. Did you not read your show notes, Mr. Yeah, Smith? Of course I did. First look inside Hong Kong Airlines' first A350. So for those of you who uh, have the chance to fly uh, on Hong Kong Airlines on their new A350-900 to celebrate the new non-stop flights, the airline and airport threw a big party and allowed uh, the photographers on board for a look at the business and economy class cabins. Um, their first take on the cabins were, they're very red. Uh, take a stroll through the uh, slideshow, which Matt is just going to do for you there, as you can see. If you're in the uh, YouTube chat room, you'll be able to see the pictures of uh, this uh, A350-900. Uh, it holds 334 passengers in, and, uh, in business and economy classes only. Uh, there's no first class and no premium economy. However, there are several rows of more uh, legroom uh, in economy at the front of the cabin. On its website, the airline says its economy seats offer three different pitches, 31, 32 and 34 inches, and seats are configured in a 333 uh, uh, configuration. In business class, the best seats for single flyers are window seats on even-numbered rows. For couples, the best seats are in the center for odd-numbered rows, and the seats are configured in a 1-2-1 one in business class, and all offer direct aisle access. Um, the best business class seats uh, are in row 20, 
and uh, oddly seat guru and similar sites do not yet have this a350 uh, seat map on their website Wi-Fi is available on Hong Kong Airlines uh, a350s as they come online and uh, when checking in for the flight at uh, SFO's international terminal gate a agents were offering upgrades from economy class into business class for just 678 dollars uh, for the 12 to 14 hour flight I think that would be definitely worth it. Well, yeah, I can think you could definitely say by those pictures, Matt, that is a, a very red... Quite red, isn't it? A very red <laughs> interior. It is, yes. It definitely does, but... Uh, I'm no. assuming this is business class as well. I think that's is, is probably economy, business class, think. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, uh, it's uh, all sick bag. Got to love a sick bag. There we go. We're moving into uh, We're the moving economy into section economy now. now. And it, again, it's, again, it's very red. Incredibly it's, red. It is, yes. Um, little, you know, with a little bit of grey, sort of, you know, the, the headrests and stuff. It's, um, I don't know, it does look quite cosy in there, I've got to be honest. There's a lot of seats in there. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I haven't, uh, I haven't had the chance to fly so on the 350 some, yet. But. Somebody explained me to the 350, how, do, how does that com in compare to, say, something like the 380? Well, the 380 is a double-decker, right? as we know. You've seen that at Farnborough. I have, yes. The big four-engine double-decker. The 350 is uh, what some people would say is like kind of like the direct... Um, competition for the Dreamliner, the 787. Right, okay. They're very similar looking yeah. aircraft indeed, yeah. But uh, like I said, if any of our listeners at all uh, in the chat room or any of our listeners at all who download and listen to the show, if you've had the chance to fly on the A350, do give us a, a bit of feedback. Send us in yeah, some audio do. feedback and uh, we'd love to hear what your views are on the A350 as opposed to the 787. Yeah, absolutely, so, yeah. So moving on to yeah. the next story, uh, Matt. This one's for you. Yeah, uh, this is on uh, the uh, Air and Cosmos uh, International website, and the headline is EasyJet signs up for Skywise. Airbus has signed a five-year agreement with EasyJet to provide predictive maintenance. Um, services for the carriers entire fleet of almost 300 aircraft. So Airbus has signed a five-year agreement with EasyJet to provide predictive maintenance services for the carrier's entire fleet of almost 300 aircraft. The technology relies on Airbus's Skywise data platform, which is designed to allow engineers to intervene early and replace parts before failure, therefore, thereby reducing the risk of delays and cancellations. The agreement follows extensive EasyJet trials of the Skywise platform. Skywise can now analyse data from other components on EasyJet's aircraft thanks to the installation of Airbus's newly released Flight Operations and Maintenance Exchanger, FOMAX, uh, said uh, to collect 60 times more data than existing systems. The new equipment will be fitted on EasyJet's fleet by summer 2019. So, so basically by more or less this time next year then by the sound of it. The UK carrier joins carriers like AirAsia, uh, Asiana and Etihad who have already signed onto the Skywise platform. In related news, Airbus announced in an agreement with the FTP soft with F FPT software to strengthen development of the Skywise ecosystem in Asia. So the deal includes a training program for third-party users and software developers. Airbus launched the Skywise Aviation Data Platform at the 2017 Paris Air Show in collaboration with uh, Palantir. 
technologies. Pioneers in big data integration and advanced analytics. Skywise aims to provide users with a single access point to their enriched data by bringing data by bringing together aviation information from multiple sources into one secure cloud-based platform, uh, physically hosted in Europe. I mean, that's quite an interesting. Uh, yeah, I thought sort of tech. Uh, yeah, tweet, for you, really. Matt. That's yeah, why I picked the story. Yeah. This this is quite quite interesting because the whole system is kind of a way of Airbus learning through data supplied by yeah. the airlines as to how the parts are performing and how they're wearing out and stuff and just reading into the whole skywise thing it's yeah. it's going to save i'd imagine it would save the airlines quite a lot of money because they'll be able to take the aircraft offline briefly to replace a part that before may be wearing fails, out fails, yeah. and before it needs you know really really replacing yeah. but what do you think of this nev it's quite a bit of good tech kind of stuff this so it's all what it's all about, isn't it? Predictive maintenance and mm. trying to uh, prevent things from going wrong or seeing when something is about to go wrong. So actually fix the problem next time the aircraft's on the ground uh, to yeah. turn, turn it around again. And uh, we do that in our business, actually. We do a lot of remote access of uh, audiovisual systems yeah. around the world. It doesn't, mm. doesn't matter where you are. As long as you've got that access, you can find out all sorts of mm. uh, information about what systems are doing. So I think it's a really important thing, especially when it comes to maintenance. Yeah. I must admit, I'm surprised that this isn't something that, that, that is being done more readily do you, do you know what I mean with 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 systems like that because I mean obviously you know e even with the Boeings and things I mean they they they're collecting data all the time aren't they I mean well it, certainly in, in terms of uh, the airframes but also the engines yeah I think Rolls-Royce um, Rolls-Royce mm. get the data reported back to them at uh, their HQ in Derby um, and tells you exactly all the parameters of the engines and and what's going on so it's mm. very very clever so this is just a, an extension of that I, I guess yeah yeah, it, it, it says a story actually says on here the th the A350 has uh, 250,000 sensors monitoring various wow. aspects of the airframe. Yeah. I mean that must take one heck of a bit of software, Matt, to and a processing yeah. to. That's uh, quite a database, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, but but again, it is, it, I mean as as we know from from all sort of things with your car and things preventative maintenance is always much much cheaper oh, yeah. than you know having to take something out of service long term while you while you replace you know key engine parts i mean it's 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 surely it's a no brainer and mm. you know all airlines should be participating really but uh, so nev the next story yeah, this is on the traveller.com.au website, and it's all about the Boeing 787-10 Dreamliner. And um, Singapore Airlines, known for its luxurious high-end service, has unveiled its newest cabin interior for the Dash 10. Uh, the refreshed cabin, including a new regional business class seat, was shown to the public for the first time on the company's uh, brand new 787 aircraft that arrived to Singapore after a 24-hour journey from Charleston. Uh, South Carolina in the US. Uh, Singapore's new interior for the 337-seat plane includes 36 lie-flat seats in business class and 301 seats in economy. The Dash 10 is Boeing's largest variant yet of its new age Dreamliner and the Dash 10 is stretched 16 feet longer than the 787-9 giving capacity for about 30 additional passengers in a typical layout. 
The plane that arrived to Singapore on Wednesday is the first of 49 that Singapore Airlines has ordered from Boeing. And the plane was delivered to Singapore Airlines in South Carolina on Sunday before leaving for the carrier's headquarters. It's the first Dash 10 to be delivered. In taking the new plane, Singapore designed a new cabin interior that will be installed on all of its 787-10s. The Dash 10s will fly regional routes for the carrier, but that doesn't mean the short hops that North American travellers might think of. For a long-haul focus airline like Singapore Airlines, regional means flights of up to eight hours on twin aisle wide bodies planes. And Singapore is frequently cited as one of the world's most luxurious airlines, and its cabin overhaul for the 787-10 was meant to maintain that high-end feel that the company is known for. The first routes that Singapore has earmarked for its Dash 10s are from its hub in Singapore to Osaka in Japan and Perth, Australia. The aircraft could take over service on these routes by May. Initially, however, the plane will be deployed on shorter flights to Kuala Lumpur and Bangkok, so crews can become familiar with the new aircraft type. And in the business cabins uh, on Singapore Airlines uh, Dash 10, they, uh, seat, those seats convert into 76-inch long, full, flat beds. The width of the seats comes in at 26 inches, although they're about 6 inches narrower until the movable armrests are lowered um, up to up to free up more space. Seats are staggered in a one-to-one configuration that ensures each customer has direct access to the aisle. Each is forward-facing and includes 18-inch full high-definition touchscreen monitors, in-seat power options and compartments for stowing items like wallets, cell phones and chargers. And just give you an idea of how the uh, economy uh, section fares. Uh, that's also been refreshed on the regional Dreamliners and although there's no premium economy section in the carrier's 787-10 configuration, uh, the seats are arranged in a typical 333 layout, each with power options for customers' devices. And uh, seatback mm-hmm. entertainment screens for Singapore's economy customers measure 11.6 inches and are full HD with touchscreen control. Mm-hmm. And the updated Dash 10 economy cabin has been done in a blue and grey colour scheme. So that's uh, taking it very seriously, aren't they? On they this, are uh, indeed. This new aircraft and uh, they once again are trying to set the standard, aren't they? So I just brought the picture back up actually for those of you watching in YouTube. Uh, again, if you if you look uh, for this uh, story online, the pictures are worth a look if you are listening to the audio version of the show. This is uh, uh, the thing that we're looking at the back here. So this is an economy, so this isn't even in the fancy, fancy seats if you like. Mm. But I mean, all your light controls and everything are to the left-hand side of it. But what I love is that there you know there is USB power there for you so that's charging of virtually all devices there isn't it it's it's mm. it's brilliant but also somewhere <laughs> the, where you the, can plug the in the dash 10s of a very long aircraft as well it's a 16 foot stretch over the uh, dash 9 it looks uh, looks impressive doesn't it, it actually does. one of the yeah. low tech things i saw in that picture matt which i think is I think is quite important as well is you know when cup you're holder. yeah when, yeah exactly <laughs> when you're uh, got to have a cup holder when you're watching the film and, and yeah. you and you want to have a drink and with your bottle of Scotch and your stuff, you know, your bottle you of Scotch, and right. um, okay. and you, you don't want to have your, your tray table down. No, that's great because great. there's a separate you, cup, cup holder, holder so you haven't it. got to have yeah. a massive tray table down in your lap yeah. all the time. So that's it's a, really a really good idea. Nice refit, actually. Yeah, I mean, I like as that. you saw the pictures as we were going through, it's a really nice refit. And as you say, they they are quite well known for you know doing mm. impressive refits and stuff. And quite often you find that people later on have their refits done to the to these specifications because they're you know that they it is lovely. Even in the economy it looks great. I think there's quite a few people in the chat room who've all sort of agreed that um that they, they want to try the Singapore uh, airlines 
you know, their, what, their kind what, of what sort of business product. <laughs> yeah. Well, business. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think uh, Je- uh, Jennifer says, uh, or Jennifer says, Mike K says, uh, my brother and his family will be flying uh, A350 to South Korea in June in business class. Oh, that Ooh, very nice. Good. Very good. Very nice. Yeah. We like yeah, we like that. That's good. But no, I, I, I think we should book a flight to uh, Singapore for next year. Right, yeah. okay. Live well show well done, there. everyone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I say I'm winning can, the lottery this weekend? Can we finish building the studio yeah, first yeah, yeah. before we'll, you we'll, start? We'll, we'll finish the studio. Yeah, thank you. So moving on to uh, to the next story. This one is on the outerplaces.com website. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting site. If and, you say so. <laughs> and this, uh, this is a story that's, uh, that's, that's been on quite a few different uh, news platforms this week. Mm. And... Uh, Two airline pilots in different planes say they spotted the same UFO flying over the New Mexico border. So for every 10 blurry photos of a crashed alien aircraft near Antarctica or Mylar, party balloons are mistakenly identified as flying saucers. There's usually one UFO incident that actually seems worth investigating. This recent run-in between two airline pilots and an identified object over the New Mexico border is one of them. Here's what we know. On the 24th of February, a Learjet pilot flying for Phoenix Air with the tail number November 71 Papa Golf was cruising at 37,000 feet when something passed over his aircraft moving fast. He said, I don't know what it was. It was an airplane, but it was. Uh, the path was going in the opposite direction, he says, uh, in a conversation with the ATC. Then controller then contact the, uh, contact the pilot of an American Airlines flight, 1095, and told him to keep a lookout for something passing over his aircraft. The American Airlines captain was initially confused, but after a few minutes, he too reported something flying overhead. Yeah, he said, something passed just over us, like, uh, I don't know what it was, he said, but it was at least two or three thousand feet above us. And he said, yeah, it passed right over us. Uh, when asked whether the object was moving or hovering, the pilot responded, uh, and he couldn't make out whether it was a balloon or whatnot, he said. It's definitely not a balloon. Uh, not, not a whatnot, either. It's not a balloon. <laughs> uh, but it was just really beaming light, or it could have been a big reflection, uh, and it was several thousand That's feet above going in the opposite direction. And uh, it's interesting to note that a third pilot reportedly jumps in on the conversation, calling the UFO uh, object a UFO, although he seems like he's joking. According to a spokesperson for the FAA, uh, we have a close working relationship with a number of other agencies and safe handle military aircraft and civilian aircraft of all types in that area every day, including high-altitude weather balloons. Meanwhile, Bob Tracy, the vice president of the Phoenix Air Group, (laughs) said the Learjet pilot said the only thing that was different about this was that it was just so bright the glare was in so intense they couldn't make it out and there's actually on this website there's actually a, a one minute 35 recording of uh, of the atc um, transmissions here which uh, mm. which they heard at the time but i um, mean uh, we're looking at this picture that was that's attached to this story here i mean that must be a, just a prototype um, fighter or something. I think that's can't just it? a made-up photo. Just to you think it's a made-up yeah. photo? Oh, I think okay. that's possibly a made-up photo. Yeah. Oh wow! Ooh, there we are. You heard it here. First, but there's, there's all. I mean, yeah. there's. I mean, there's. We're not alone in the world. I don't, I don't know. We, we're. Oh hello. Oh hello. <laughs> right. No. 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 Is it you? No. No. Yeah. No. I, I think it's a bit. That's a bit brave in it. <laughs> What's that? Well, you know. 
We're not alone. Bold, bold statement like that. Yeah, I know. I, well, I used to watch my X Files. Oh dear. Right. Okay. Many years because ago. Because obviously, what happens in there obviously is very is true. true. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Mulder and Scully exist. And what do you reckon, Nev? Yeah. Are we alone? <laughs> As Jen says in the chat room, she wants to believe. And I, I would quite like to believe as well. But the trouble is these things, I mean, whether it's the Loch Ness Monster, whether it's UFO, it almost doesn't matter what it is. There's always the possibility of um, photo manipulation, shall we say. Cool. Uh, and there's also the possibility of lots of um, scare stories and uh, other things as well. But sometimes you just never get to the, uh, the bottom of these stories, do you? What I want to know is if, there, if, if we aren't alone in the world and there are other people who are coming to visit the UK, you know, not just the UK, but like the world, uh, you know, I, I just, ho I just hope that they're here to get <laughs> drunk and enjoy themselves. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want them, you know, I want them coming here and enjoying our fine beers. I don't want them here you know picking a fight you know? no they heard about the show they're, they're just coming here to download no, but the they show can, they can retrieve it from the ether they don't need mm, to visit yeah. to listen to our fabulous podcast mm. uh, <laughs> so moving swiftly on before the aliens come and take us away right, okay. uh, Matt uh, this one is a bit of a techie indeed yes so this is on the Real Wire um, website and the headline is EasyJet chooses Panasonic Toughpad FZF1 to improve customer boarding times that's an odd odd statement uh, so anyway Panasonic today announced that EasyJet Europe's leading airline has deployed Panasonic Toughpad FZF1 handheld devices at Geneva Airport as an alternative to using airport fixed equipment to scan tickets and pre-board passengers ahead of flights the new mobile solution ensures pre-flight boarding can take place quickly and efficiently when the boarding gates are changed at short notice minimising any potential delays. Due to the success of the new system, EasyJet is now considering rolling out the solution to other airports in Europe. Uh, EasyJet's IT team was originally challenged to find uh, a new departure gate solution that provided a more flexible and cost-efficient solution for pre-boarding passengers at Geneva Airport. There was an opportunity to reduce costs, but we also saw the opportunity to improve and increase the flexibility of our pre-flight boarding process, says Graham Cottrell who is the business analyst in operation systems at EasyJet. With a mobile solution, EasyJet can EasyJet staff can much more easily handle a short notice changes to departure gates, uh, for example, by setting up temporary pre-flight boarding areas, minimising any potential delays. EasyJet has developed its own application to run on Panasonic Toughpads FZ. F1 uh, handheld devices. The new mobile solution ensures pre-flight boarding can take place quickly and efficiently when, even when boarding gates are changed at short notice, minimising any potential delays due to the success of the new system. EasyJet is now considering rolling out the solution to other airports in Europe. It seems to be repeating itself here. Uh, <laughs> the application was developed on EasyJet's own in-house team, but they looked externally to find... Um, uh, sorry, yeah, they looked externally to find a provider for the actual handheld technology. Uh, the Panasonic device was initially interesting to us because it had an integrated barcode reader. Mm. We ran a trial with a number of devices and our agents were raving about the new Panasonic device, said Graham. They found it much easier to use because of the angle of the barcode reader, the size and the clarity of the screen and the design. It felt much easier to use that when in the hand. With the barcode reader our agents can just hover the reader over the paper or mobile phone 
to scan a boarding pass without having to rotate their arm. It may sound trivial, but when scanning hundreds of passes a day, this can make a significant difference to the speed and comfort of our agents. After selecting the Panasonic device, the team worked closely with Panasonic to optimise the solution. The collaboration between ourselves and Panasonic has been particularly great from answering all of our questions and queries to, to loaning devices for trial and listening to feedback about using specific uses in this case. So, I mean, it's a sort of interesting uh, interesting piece of uh, technology there. Although I don't want to take the, the wind out of anybody's sails here. And I, I'm a great Panasonic fan of, of all sorts of um, products, but um, my Cameras local supermarket's got this. And when, when I go and buy my shopping, they, uh, they scan the barcode. It's, it's brilliant. This is... Is this new technology? Really? It is. I mean, uh, the, 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 so the device that I'm looking at here, it very much looks like basically a mobile phone. I mean, it just mm. looks like a toughened sort of mobile phone. It's got a nice little rubber sort of case around the outside here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's... it's, it's um, I mean, I, I suppose, I mean, couriers, to be honest with you, have been using something very similar for quite a long time, haven't they, in regard yeah. to to their their things. So it's, I mean, the only bit that makes me a little bit nervous is it's based on Windows 10. Um, so that's <laughs> well, that's I, never I, a good sign, is it? But uh, I think, uh, who, who, well, I think it was Micah, I think I said in the mm -hmm. chat room, um, you know, when you're boarding an aircraft and it decides to do a Windows update, uh, that would be annoying, wouldn't it? Yeah, you? absolutely. It's probably, I, I'm, I find myself defending Windows. <gasps> I can't believe I'm even saying this. It's probably a, a specific build, I would imagine, yeah, for, for yeah. that platform. That um, yeah, so yeah. It's not to any funny yeah. update. I mean, the tech specs but, are quite uh, interesting. So it's got a, it's got mm. a, for anybody who's interested, uh, probably just me, to be fair, but you're going to hear it anyway. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's got, a, it's got a, a 4G um, re receiver inside the device. Uh, so it'll handle both 4G and 3G with voice capability. So you could call someone if you needed to uh, it's got a barcode reader as it says an interesting processor actually now this is a processor you'd normally find in quite high powered tablets actually which is which is quite so you know it's got plenty of bang for the buck if you see what I mean plenty of uh, capability there to do other things but then I suppose it's Windows so it has to have plenty of um, processing power 2 gig of RAM 16 gig of, of, of storage but with a micro SD slot so you can expand the storage 4.7 inch HD so it's 1280 by 10 20, 720 um, uh, screen, so it's very. As you see, it's very basically. It's just a a mobile phone based on on Windows 10, essentially. But uh, yeah, again, sort of eight megapixel rear and five megapixel front cameras. Um, but a, what I think is good here is a user replaceable battery, so you can actually do what they call a warm swap um, as well. Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and all the other bits and pieces that you'd usually expect. So it is, they are basically glorified handsets. And apparently, they? you can sling this into water. Um, um, uh, again, I don't think I'd recommend that as as, <laughs> uh, as a part of the testing process. Well, sure all the uh, Panasonic sort of tough series, um, they get used in you know for the MOD, all sorts of things. So they're very ruggedized versions of some of their consumer products. So you you could chuck them around. Mm, I, I mean, uh, one of my one of my friends had one of the um, the, the tough books as, a, as they mm. it was a notebook, but it was a tough book. And the only major criticism I had about that, other than the fact it was quite old, because it was based on Windows XP, I think actually this one is the screen was appalling mm. the yeah. you know it didn't have the resolution like you know so and that was one thing i said to him is if they can nail that because i mean he did used to literally that's why that's why they ended, his boss ended up buying him one of the end because every time he you know he just dropped it constantly you know and it went through like three laptops in three months or something stupid and they bought him this this tough book and it outlived his time there i mean it was just like amazing <laughs> so the next story then uh, nev 
it's uh, well this is a a bad news and good news story ooh. at the same time interestingly Indeed, so this yeah. is from the news.com.au website and it says that a canadian man may be charged 22,700 Australian dollars Ooh. after his drunken and disorderly behaviour caused the aeroplane to make an emergency return to the airport whilst accompanied by two F-15 US Air Force jets. Uh, Charlebus Nasios uh, pleaded guilty to charges of assault, mischief and uttering threats during the Cuba-bound Sunwing flight last summer. The 40-year-old man will be sentenced on April the 18th and prosecutors are requesting Nasios pays damages and serves three years probation, according to court documents CTV News reported. The massive fine factors in aeroplane fuel, landing fees, overtime salaries for Sunwing employees and hotel costs for the 170 stranded passengers. The incident happened on July the 6th, 2017, when the Sunwing flight left Pierre Trudeau International Airport in Montreal for Cuba. Nasios allegedly began, began making threats and acting aggressively on board, CTV News reported. For the safety of the passengers, the flight turned around shortly after takeoff and returned to the airport. The flight arrived back around 7:25 p.m. the same evening and the disruptive customer was taken into police custody the canadian airliner said in a news release at the time ctv uh, reported no airliners could speak but there you go uh, the airline also <laughs> contacted the faa for assistance two u.s air force jets accompanied the plane back to the airport if a threat is determined to be credible the faa may offer an escort a north american aerospace defense command spokesman told Newsweek, but no, that's not a common occurrence. His lawyer is arguing against Nasio having to foot the airliner's bill, saying it will put obstacles in his future path. Yes, correct answer. <laughs> According to Newsweek, Nasio has filed for bankruptcy and entered Alcoholics Anonymous. Giving up alcohol was part of Nasio's plea deal, CTV reported. Mm. Well, um, it's about time, isn't it? It's about I time agree. we actually Completely. see some mm. serious fines handed out to these yeah. people because apart from the disruption and, and the safety implication, the cost to the airlines yeah, of a, di a diversion is absolutely astronomical, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and, and you know, those fees are there for a reason, etc., etc. But, it, you know, when it is something that is completely out, you know, not their fault at all, uh, they, they shouldn't have to be the ones footing the bill for stuff like this. I I, I think it completely... Re and I think... People People like easy, you know, like EasyJet, Ryanair, Jet and Jet Two. They can all, you know, they really need to start pushing this themselves because it isn't, you know, the only way that p these idiots are going to stop doing this is if they know it's going to cost them the equivalent of their house. If yeah. they don't, twenty-two you know, thousand seven hundred dollars. Not enough. He yeah. should be in prison and everything. But you yeah. Know. It's, you know, we all like a drink, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think everybody involved in the show and listening online and that, you know, we all love a beer, but we know when it's appropriate and we know when to stop, don't we? I mean, it's just like, I don't know, Nev's having a drink. Look, oh. What have you got in your receptacle today? Nev's got so the scotch, right? It's just uh, the H2O. Oh, right. right. Oh, I thought it was, you know, neat scotch. Is that the new name of that fine single malt? <laughs> it is, oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Yes, it's Absolutely. the IPA H2O. That's Excellent. Very good. <laughs> yes, award winning. Yeah. So moving on to uh, to the next story. And uh, this uh, this is 
quite bad actually uh, this was in the uh, news earlier on this week uh, on the bbc.co.uk website and uh, I expect most of the people who follow the various uh, aviation platforms will have seen the story and it's uh, headline is Gatwick Airport worker run over by plane what and uh, in the UK this was at Gatwick uh, the man who had been working uh, on the uh, apron uh, guiding planes was hurt at about uh, quarter past five on Wednesday at the North Terminal. He was injured by a Russian-bound Rosier Airlines aircraft, uh, a Gatwick spokesperson said. Uh, passengers said they had been told by the crew the plane had run over a ground crew member's foot. Uh, the Air Accident Investigations branch is investigating. Uh, the man was airlifted to hospital in London with uh, an ankle and foot injury, the uh, South East Coast Ambulance Service said. A spokesman for Donata which uh, employed the man, said we can confirm that a Donata UK employee was injured uh, following an incident on the airfield at Gatwick Airport and emergency services attended the scene. The employee has now been discharged from hospital and uh, we will continue to provide them with necessary support as they recover. He said the company will be working with those uh, investigating the incident and that Salvana Medeiros Colica, who had landed at the airport from Switzerland shortly before, said that she was alerted to the drama as she made her way to the terminal. She said that she saw fire trucks, ambulances and the police were everywhere. As I got closer, it looked like someone was under the wheel, but couldn't see because there were so many people around the person. But they could tell that someone was receiving a drip. The plane's departure was delayed until Thursday. Now, this um, I saw that there's some pictures on the website, actually, on, on the story. And there's also a short video as well on the bbc.co.uk's website and uh, this was the nose wheel uh, of the aircraft which uh, actually had run over the foot and I think this aircraft was in the process of being pushed back uh, from the uh, from the terminal ready for departure and um, you know I think you know if, if you if you accidentally run over your foot whilst doing some maintenance work on your car it would probably hurt uh, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this, uh, this, you know, is. Uh, I think this was an A319. I think this was an Airbus wow. A319. Um, so, you know, there's quite a few tons of weight there, um, even on you know the nose wheel. And uh, I would imagine this um, may have, you know, uh, you know, been quite a serious yeah, um, crush injury on the chap here. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I suppose. It, there is that that possible conversation that you could have about the fact that you know perhaps he should have been a little bit more aware about what was going on around him. I mean, if yeah. he been authorised yeah. to to push back, I mean, surely that authorisation is given on on you know mm. with good reason. Um, you know, I'm sorry that the guy is is hurt, obviously. I'd um, imagine, Elle, obviously, the um, the accidents investigation board will in, yeah. will investigate this, the the um, you know, and obviously being at the gate I would imagine there was probably quite an array of CCTV cameras yeah. focused on on the aircraft at the time so I'd imagine they've got quite they've got quite a bit of um, uh, sort of you know evidence, yeah, evidence as like. such yeah, to see what absolutely. happened what do, what do you think Nev I think it's always the way isn't it the most likely collision is going to take place on the ground isn't it with the, the ground yeah. crew or other aircraft actually flying the, the damn thing seems to be pretty yeah. straightforward but yeah. uh, certainly there are many many ground incidents where people just haven't taken care or haven't followed the procedure uh, or somebody's made an assumption or whatever it is i mean i don't know if you can match just brought up the um the pictures i mean there's blood all up at the side of the aircraft there oh actually that's the that's the logo so <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, indeed. But, terrible. Um, Absolutely yeah, terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> but on a serious note, I mean, you you know, the the ground crew are very highly uh, trained, uh, but things can go wrong. So yeah. just made a mistake. Yeah, Jennifer in the chat room said that ground crews routinely get quite close to planes, mm. but to be next to the wheel as it pushes back seems a bit odd. Seems an odd choice of, of location, mm. it has to be said. But, yeah. you know, I mean... Oh, Lane's just said in the chat room, sorry, ground crew intercom plugs into the nose gear, apparently. Does it? So that's mm. a reasonable, reasonable explanation as yeah. to why they would be there. There I we guess. go. Yes. Okay. Anyway, on to the next story, and this is on the Wales Online. And <gasps> oh, the headline this is terrible! Is holidaymakers' luggage covered in jet fuel minutes after arriving in airport? Oh dear. Uh, this is not good news. Holidaymakers found their luggage covered in jet fuel minutes after their plane uh, landed in the Canary Islands. Passengers on the TUI flight from or TUI flight from Bristol Airport to Fortaventura were horrified to see their suitcases doused in jet fuel as they came off the luggage carousel at the airport. Uh, Mike Caddick was waiting by the carousel for his suitcase to come through when he noticed something was amiss. He said, we were waiting for about an hour, an airport official came out and said something in Spanish, which I later found out uh, was, don't spark a cigarette lighter, the 61-year-old <laughs> told the Bristol Post. The suitcases started to come out with drips on them but uh, it got gradually worse mine was absolutely soaked in it um that's not good really is it it's uh, henry thomas's bag also came off the carousel covered in jet fuel the 51 year old said i'm not sure why the ages are relevant in regard to to this particular story it's like because obviously a 51 year old is more likely to tell the truth than a 21 year old i guess but okay. anyway there we are uh we spent two hours waiting with no information none of the bags uh, should have been sent into the airport. They started to come out soaked with fuel, pouring out of them. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, passengers uh, had to take their luggage to the hotel and assess the damage from there. Mr. Caddick added, uh, I got to the hotel and everything was wrecked. There seemed to be no procedure for this happening. People shouldn't be standing by the plane. The uh, following morning, Mr. Thomas claims TUI uh, representatives at the hotel told affected passengers who were wearing the same clothes as the day before to go and buy more clothes, they would be reimbursed. Uh, he said that they were given new suitcases while their sodden clothes were dry cleaned. Mr. Thomas said, I don't know, would dry cleaning have any impact on, a, on, on fuel, jet so, fuel on jet fuel uh, planes? Mm. I mean, uh, clothes, it's just a, it's all a bit of a mess, really, isn't mm. it? So anyway, he said that they'd um, uh, given new suitcases. Mr. Thomas said that he and other passengers spent the next two mornings meeting with reps and again being told to go out and buy new clothes. He claims he was offered £50 in compensation, wow. which he said he had refused <laughs> to accept. He said to come back and be told you're only going to get £50 is unbelievable. I just want to be compensated. A spokesman for TUI apologised for the incident and said that they were now investigating what happened. Uh, she said, we're sorry to hear that customers experience a few uh, about the customers' experiences at Fort Aventura Airport. Uh, we understand that this would have been a disappointing start to their holiday. <laughs> and in light of this, we've arranged for all of our customers who are impacted to have complimentary laundering of their clothes. <laughs> oh, that's very good of them. And offered a replacement oh. suitcase. All customers were also offered the additional gesture of goodwill to apologise for their experience. We'd like to reassure customers that health and safety is of 
of paramount importance to us, and mm. we are in the process of conducting a full investigation into the incident. Do you know, Good I cannot believe that the airport, if they knew this had happened, I cannot believe yeah. that they gave the you know, they gave the uh, passengers these suitcases back. Very bizarre, I mean, apart from yeah. being damaged and pretty much Smelly. ruined, yes. I mean, it only takes... I mean, that stuff is yeah. quite flammable. Uh, is it? And, you know, it, it was oh, it's just a health and safety nightmare. Mm. Um, there's a few comments in the it, chat room, actually. Oh, is there? Go um, yeah. Um, we've got um, uh, Lisboa Nelson says that Jet A1 scent is absolutely brilliant. It smells like victory. <laughs> and uh, Liz Piper, uh, Liz, lovely Liz, has said that uh, she loves the smell of jet fuel, but not all over her back. No, I don't think that. Yeah, yeah. I can, um, I can see why Richard that's King not. says he loves the smell of burnt jet fuel. And Jennifer, uh, Jennifer said, oh, I love the smell of Jet A1, but there are limits. Yeah, I, I, and again, I, I don't think dry cleaning your clothes is going to be enough to deal with the nightmare that is your oh. your clothes. I mean, because, sh- I mean, surely that'll stain, won't would, it? Would this I have mean, upset you, Nev, um, you know? No, it probably wouldn't, actually, because <laughs> I, I'd uh, make sure I kept, kept it in the room and gave, gave it a quick sniff every so Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay, but, so... Uh, um, I think the trouble uh, is with... Is there um, a Jet Fuels Anonymous that, that Nev can attend? <laughs> is there some kind of meeting that he can go for his uh, terrible situation? But actually, situation? it probably will evaporate fairly quickly, although, of course, if it's got inside the bag and all of the, you know, and your clothes are, are contaminated, yeah. that won't be very nice, will it? No, a bit of a mess, really, I think. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. a bit of a a melly mess. So, uh, the last story, then. um, Yes, and it's uh, another good news story, I'm pleased to say. Uh, On uh, AirSoc, is that airsociety.com? Anyway. Let's um, say yes, why not? (laughs) It's about the Boeing 737, and they have delivered the 10,000th 737 uh, to Air Canada (gasps) uh, since the single aisle program was launched 53 years ago. Wow. The landmark delivery happened to involve the company's latest product, the 737 MAX 8, one of 10 major variants of the aircraft, including commercial, military and private versions still in active production. The 10,000th delivery caps a busy month for the 737 program. Within the last two weeks, the Renton, Washington-based assembly line has also witnessed the first flight of the 737 MAX 7 and the first delivery of the 737 MAX 9. More than 4,500 uh, NG and 737 MAX aircraft remain in Boeing's order backlog, even as Boeing has more than doubled the production rate over the last 12 years to 47 deliveries per month. Boeing launched the program in February 1965 with a launch order for 21 737s by Lufthansa. It's a big aircraft with seating up to 100, Flight International wrote in the 4th of March 1965 issue. 53 years later, one variant now in development, the 737 MAX 10, can seat up to 230 passengers in a single class configuration. The 737's longevity owes as much to the type's far-reaching appeal as it does to multiple escapes from Boeing's plans to terminate production. The 737 was first on the chopping block in the early 1970s as orders dried up amidst a global recession. Boeing uh, leaders seriously considered an offer by the Japanese aerospace industry to acquire the, the design and production rights for the 737. 
Ultimately, the program was saved by an order from the US Air Force for 737-based NT-43A trainers, which kept production alive long enough for Boeing to realize the type's potential in the market following the US Airline Deregulation Act in 1978. By the mid-1980s, Boeing had introduced the 737 Classic series, but was already preparing to replace the type with the ambitious 7J7. Boeing had invested more than $500 million into the 7J7 target before determining that its unducted fan propulsion technology was unfeasible. Instead, Boeing introduced the next generation series of the 737 in the late 1990s, featuring a glass cockpit, improved engine and a redesigned wing. A decade later, both Boeing commercial airplanes had set their sights on replacing the 737NG series with a clean sheet aircraft under the new single aisle aircraft program. But then Airbus attracted more than 800 firm orders within eight months of the launch of the uh, A320neo in December 2010. That forced Boeing leaders to shelf plans to introduce the uh, new single aisle aircraft. Instead, Boeing launched the re-engined 737 MAX family with a launch order from Southwest Airlines in December 2011. Although not a clean sheet replacement, Boeing promised the 737 MAX would deliver up to 16% fuel savings compared to the 737NG with an all-new engine, advanced technology winglet, uh, re-lofted tail cone and large cockpit displays. There's no question about it. This aircraft has been uh, incredible uh, in service mm. and it's changed the way that, that people have been flying. And it, yeah. it's hard to believe that the original 737 was launched 53 years ago. Frightening, isn't it? It's amazing, well, yeah. And of course, you know, I mean, you've got the, the likes of, of Ryanair and things who are running the, the um, 800, the 800 yeah. variant, aren't they? And, you know, they're, they're just such a popular aircraft, aren't they? I, I mean, think there's probably, I think you could probably. Everyone who's in the live chat room now in YouTube has been on one. You, you know, I think you'll probably find that nearly everyone in that chat room has probably been on a seven three seven variant of some mm. type. You know, of, over the years. Um, I mean, I, I've been lucky enough to to, to go on the the two hundred series a uh, number of times wow. when I was growing up, which was obviously one of the old steam gauge seven three sevens, and um, fantastic bit of kit they were as well. But um, Nev, I'm guessing you, you've had your fair share of trips on a seven three. Yeah, I think I've been on um, yeah seven three seven two hundred to Belfast a couple of times. I'm sure I've been on some Monarch aircraft. I've been on a lot of British Midland seven three seven three hundreds and four hundreds over the years, mm. and also when BA had their seven three seven four hundred fleet uh, at Gatwick uh, for the shuttle services and also for the holiday destinations but um yeah what, what a classic aircraft mm. and um Agreed. it's amazing that they've had this amount of um longevity out of it but to think that the the latest generation can actually carry 230 people that's incredible isn't it? it is and actually it, lane, I, lane street in the chat room just said he said 737 the jurassic series i think that's, yeah. <laughs> that's cool i think nick would probably yeah, uh, harsh, yeah. Harsh, yeah but <laughs> just just a quick quiz for you matt how much uh the new max 10 the 737 max 10 that the biggest variant of the uh, the new 737 right. max how much? How much? I've uh, seen this is Boeing list I, prices. Yeah. This is uh, released this year. Right. Um, how much to buy one of those? Do you reckon? Have a, to have buy a one guess. of those. Ooh, I would say a hundred and five million pounds. Okay, Nev. Oh, um, I would Max say ten. The biggest one. Forty-five million pounds. <laughs> The list price of the Max 10 737 is one hundred and twenty-nine point oh. nine. 
million dollars. Is your math good enough to work out which one of us two was right? <laughs> Not at the moment, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it a draw, shall we, Neff? <laughs> yeah, I think you both yeah, got that one yeah, right, okay. yeah. yeah. But okay, it's yeah. safe to say they're, um, they're, it's quite expensive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. agreed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that brings the commercial news segment of the show to a close for this week. Hope you enjoyed all those stories, and we have got uh, well, we've got uh, a very special segment coming up for you now. So Nev, we're going to pass things over to you. Thank you very much, Carlos. Yeah, as you may know, last week I was over in the barn studio just uh, assessing the new studio facility. And no, you were just checking out his handiwork. That's the only reason you were here. You were making sure it was sa secure and safe and stand. We were having a site safety visit. That's what we were having. That's right, yes. I had to sign a few things off. But, yes. Uh, just before we started the show, um, of course, the, um, the very lovely Sarah Brown and her daughter Charlotte um, have, had a chat with me about their latest passenger experience. Hello and welcome to another in the series of Nev's Passenger Experience. Well, this week I'm in the town of Bungie where I'm chatting to Sarah Brown and her daughter Charlotte. This is the home of Sarah Brown Cards and Sarah has very generously allowed us to build the new PTUK studio in her barn. She also happens to be Matt's boss. Well, Carlos has already done some sterling work with construction of the studio and we'll be fitting it out with the rest of the gear in the next few weeks. Whilst I was there, I had the chance to speak with Sarah and Charlotte about their recent trip to Las Vegas. Sadly, though, the flights weren't up to much, as you'll hear, and I began by asking Sarah what carrier she used to cross the Atlantic. On a BA flight and we went specifically for the purpose of the um, vet show that they have out there and we were doing a stand at the vet show so that that's the reason we went nice so BA obviously nice company uh, very modern aircraft must have been absolutely uh, pristine inside I would imagine that the service would have been fantastic I'm sorry Nev <laughs> I have to say on this instant no I, I was, my words were, I think I'm just disappointed because the only other BA flight was when Charlotte and I went to New York five years ago on a BA flight and that's the first time I'd been with them and I raved about it. The flight was superb, the flight attendants were very attentive, the aeroplane was clean, it was all wonderful, hence I wanted to go again with BA. But um, this was sadly more or less the total opposite. You know, I have to say the plane looked tired. I, I know they are older planes, you know, I've been told that. But this was scruffy and needed a bit more TLC. And was it the same in both directions? It was. They were both planes that we were told by one little uh, flight attendant, this plane's older than I am, and she was 24. So obviously, you know, the plane was 25 years plus, which was fine. And it certainly worked very well. It got us there and it got us back. But it was the sheer shoddiness. You know, the seats were torn. And a lot of them didn't sit upright anymore. The, the, the attendants apologised, but they were broken. 
Those seats weren't adequate, really. What about the cabin crew? What about the service and, and the meals? The way I felt about it, the, the original flight I went on five years ago, it, to me, it was just wonderful. I couldn't believe it. The service was absolutely superb. They couldn't have been nicer. We were, you know, looked after superbly. This time, no, not so much. It, going to Las Vegas was okay but coming back no i felt the service was not good at all the food was diabolical um and my daughter <coughs> who is sort of a vegetarian um asked for a for a, a dish i think it was something like um i can't i can't remember now but she oh, was she, yeah she was offered in the end a mushroom breakfast burrito um which actually I had, and it, it wasn't very nice. Um, and she said, no, I don't like mushrooms. But they offered her no alternative. And I, I felt that was quite bad. Do you think, I mean, obviously, the, the, this the aircraft that you were on, I think it's going to be flying until 2024 um, before they replace the 747. Um, but they are due to do some cabin refits and so on. Do you think if they'd have done that, that, that the cabin was nice and clean, that you'd have been a better experience for you? As I said, it was adequate because the plane got us there and got us back in reasonable comfort. But it just looked shoddy, you know, with, with torn seats and seats that didn't sit up properly. You know, I, they, they could do with a bit of a, a refurb and a bit of a general tidy up, definitely. Some of the aircraft I've been on uh, recently have been definitely a bit substandard where, when it comes to the um, uh, the cabin itself, yes. Yes, I, you know, it's... An, it's as I've said to several people have asked me, I'm, I'm quite sad because I was so overjoyed with that first flight I took. I was really looking forward to this one. In fact, we deliberately booked BA, mm. um, which was slightly more expensive than some of the other airlines, you know, uh, Virgin or, or Norwegian, I think, yeah, they were. Um, but we chose BA because of this lovely experience we had. Um, and it's sad, but it didn't come up to scratch. Do you agree with all that, Charlotte? Yes, I do. <laughs> I think it was probably the worst flight I've ever been on, to be honest. And because you're sitting on there for 10, 12 hours? Yeah, it was horrendous. Everything about it, it was filthy, it was dirty. The food, the staff, um, the loos were disgusting. The TV options and films were not good at all. And was it a very busy flight as well? Well, you say that. Uh, yes, I'd say it was on the way home, but as they make you walk through business class so you can see what's going on there first <laughs> as they're all getting champagne and then you're going on, I we were the last one and I counted nine spare seats and there was um, a gentleman next to mum and he wanted to have more leg room. He was right in the aisle and... I said to him, just ask, because there's empty seats up there. And so he did ask, and they said, no, we can't put you up there, even though they're empty. What do you think that um, other people thought of it? Did you get the impression that other people felt the same way too? Everyone was whinging about it. Uh, as we all got off the plane, we were all whinging about it. There was a girl behind me who I got chatting to, and she was stuffing carrier bags down the back of her chair to make the... Because there was a big gap to make them meet so that she could actually sit upright on the aeroplane on the way home. Um, everyone was just whinging about the staff and you'd press a 
the button. You didn't have, there was the air con thing. We didn't have our own air con thing. Um, and so some people were freezing, some were hot. It was just everything about it was awful. Everyone just could not wait to get off. I can't think of a, a, a single nice thing that you said about this flight at all. There's nothing good about this flight. And there's nothing. I will never fly with them again, ever, because they charge more than anybody else. And they're not worth it. If you're paying for the premium uh, service, yeah. that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. And I inquired, because I changed our flights coming home. I, that cost me £500 to change our flights. Wasn't happy about that. And then I just inquired and said, have you got anything in business or first or what, what have you got? And she said, well, you can go first at £12,000 each. I said, no, I won't do that then. <laughs> <laughs> so everything about it, I've flown with United, who everyone says are a pain in the whatever, and I would say their flights are better and their staff are better. That's a damning indictment indeed on, on which to end, isn't it? That uh, United is better than BA. My goodness me, I never thought I'd ever hear someone say that. Well, I'm very sorry, ladies, to hear that. Um, I shall try and have a word for you and see if we're... Well, if we can get free stuff. If we get free stuff, we'll forgive them. Right, leave it to me. I'll have, I'll have a word. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head.com. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pays us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Flyby 5823 Trent Dane for 23R Manchester Wizz Air 6X Client Flight Level 210 Direct to Britman's Park United, one, two, three, maintain two, eight, zero knots. wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet looked up at the sky and thought I wish that was me well now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator NP simulations and flight experience London the only official Boeing licensed product of its kind in the UK offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed base Boeing 737 800 flight simulator and that's not all ground school London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation with prices starting at just 109 pounds the sky's the limit so for the ultimate flight simulator experience or engaging preparatory courses including those for schools and colleges check 
check out the website at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 340 616. NP Simulations. Fly your dreams. Well, I have to say, uh, Nev, um, apart from that being a sterling piece of production, as always, from you, your uh, BA had rather a... Um, had a bit of a bashing. A bit of a bashing. <laughs> 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadly, this is all too common. And uh, we are hearing this more and more, especially on the 744 fleet and on the 767 fleet as well. Mm. And the problem is that they need to get more. Well, those 744s aren't being retired, as I said, until 2024, I think. But they're always doing cabin upgrades and all the rest of it. But if it's not right, whether it's yeah. the staff, whether it's the facilities, whether it's the food, almost whatever it is. And unfortunately, now what's happened is especially the Middle Eastern carriers are yeah. head and shoulders above them. Above on, the rest. On, yeah, on so many things. And um, I think that they have to really improve their products now. Um, this this has thing. been in decline for a little while. Sadly. I mean, this is, this is the thing. I mean, we, we were talking about this afterwards, weren't we, actually, when, 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 um, when you'd finished recording. And one of the things that we we're saying is, like and you mentioned it during it is actually you know you're being made essentially you're paying over the odds if you like for that same trick you could do that same chip with virgin for much less and it is significant you know it's quite a bit mm. per head less and you have a much much better experience for that less money you know so i mean it's like you know i know the ceo is has got a sort of low cost background and all that kind of thing but you know you can't it's all right you know, I mean, they, they would say like you'd much rather fly with Norwegian, just literally because you know you're getting what you pay for. So, all right, you've got no frills, but you're not expecting anything either, as long as you've got a working toilet. Do you know what I mean? It's. Uh, I mean, it's, Nev, it's not do you good. do you think BA do better with their uh, short haul than they do with their long haul? Service-wise? They, they, they've always had a very good short-haul network, whether it's the UK or the European routes or the holiday routes down to the Canary Islands, that kind of thing. I think they do those very well. And certainly Sue and I really enjoy flying with them on, on those sorts of routes. On the long-haul routes, especially the Middle East, but more and more to the US as well, there's a lot of alternatives now. And I yeah. think that um, they... Uh, whether it's the aircraft cleanliness, I mean, I, I don't think anybody really minds going on a, an old aircraft as, as long as, the, as she said, as long as the thing gets you there. Yeah. But more importantly, uh, you are paying a premium price for this, certainly. And yeah. if you want some special legroom or a bit of an upgrade here or there, you know, it, it is a very substantial uplift in, in cost. Uh, and really, it's very difficult to, to justify it. Um, so when every time I'm flying for work, if I want to upgrade myself, I've got to pay for it myself. And yeah. normally, if it's a few thousand Avios points to do it, or you know, a bit of money, I don't mind. But it never is with BA; it's always very expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Rose in the chat room has said that he's got a BA business class trip coming up in July, mm. uh, giving him another chance. He says, Jordan, if uh, if you like, if you could send us 
yeah. when you've had that trip in July, mm. if you remember to yeah. Time uh, for send us in, yeah, send yeah, us yeah. in some uh, some feedback yeah. on what that was like and give us your yeah. uh, your view. I, I don't think the problem is in business class, is it? I mean, let's be honest. I think if you are paying those kind of prices, I mean, okay, first, obviously, twelve thousand pounds, as they were saying in the mm. uh, during during the segment. But I mean, I, I, you know, I think if you were in business class, I I, I don't think yeah, they're going to have I've a bad they're, experience. Their business class products not not bad. It's not the best by any means. And the last no. time I flew it was from um oh no actually was on united wasn't it from washington but uh, the last time before that was orlando in business class and, and that wasn't bad i've got to say i'm going to try and go to las vegas in june i'm going to try and get a business class for that one um just see how that goes but it's um yeah there's a, there's a lot of competition out there now and there are carriers doing yeah, it better they've no got it you, yeah no question at all uh, sad but but true Yep. So, uh, as you can see, if you're in the YouTube live chat room, we have uh, some podcast royalty joined us. Uh, Captain Nick yep. is in the uh, the live chat room there. And uh, funnily enough, we actually had some feedback sent in to us uh, from Captain Nick early this week. And it was regarding a certain um, faux pas made yeah, now, by Matt last I week. I have to confess, I didn't even realise I'd done it. I didn't well, you even did. Realize it. Yeah, apparently <laughs> so. But the only reason I was aware that I clearly made a terrible, terrible error, because my Twitter went bananas. I've never seen my Twitter react, so I thought, oh, suddenly, really, really popular, <laughs> and it was, there was lots of really bad things going oh. on there. I've never had so many direct messages. Really, I haven't. <laughs> so, are, are you going on holiday to Vienna at all soon? Yes, though? yes. Yes, that's a sort of 20-something or other hour flight, isn't it? Yeah, something yeah. like that. So, um, so yeah, um, so if you're ready, Matt, uh, we're going to play yeah. Basically, that, what's uh, going to happen is I'm now going to get told off by Captain Nick. So here we go. Hello, Matt and Carlos. It's the old pilot here. Oh, I would just listen to your last show and... I have just got to leave some feedback. I'm sorry, guys. But, Matt, say again, which country is Vienna in? If it's in Australia, then Nicky Lauder's going to have to find some airliners with a lot longer range than an A321 to reach it. Here, by the way, are some little-known facts about Australia by a nice blogger called Tim Powell. I'm going to let you into a secret, and you have to promise not to tell anybody. Can you do that? Good. To find Vienna, first you have to make your way to Adelaide. Take a commercial jet, take the train, do whatever. Just make sure you end up in Adelaide, not Addis Ababa. This is very important, as it's an easy mistake to make, but it's quite a long return journey to make because of a mistake. Once you've arrived in Adelaide, you want to find your way to a car hire depot. A four-wheel drive vehicle is highly recommended. From there, you will want to set course for Cooper PD. Pack lots of water, as it tends to get rather warm there. This is a long drive, so be prepared to need at least one overnight stop to rest up. Personally, I would recommend you stop in either Port Augusta, not Port Mosby, or Roxy Downs. Once you've made it to Cooper PD, find the Opal Museum. When you find it, approach a local and ask them to open the gate for you. They will know what this means. Follow them till you reach a hidden gateway halfway down an old mine shaft. The local will knock three times. Beyond the gate is a seemingly endless narrow tunnel. Follow it. 
The walk is long and rife with spiders and snakes, but with common sense you'll be fine. You still following? Excellent. Eventually you will reach a barred iron door. A guard will ask you for a password, which you must reply, Vegemite. Take care to make yourself sound as an Australian as possible, as the guards don't take too kindly to foreigners. If you manage to get past the guard, from here it's a simple matter of walking down 5,362 stairs. Finally, when you reach the bottom, the passage will open up into a massive cavern lit by a gigantic floating orb. A sprawling metropolis waits below. Welcome to Vienna, Australia. Oh, I almost forgot to warn you, Vienna is where we hide all our drop bears. Uh, for whatever reason, they seem to like it down there, so be careful. From my own perspective, there is a little bit of Australia in Vienna, which you can find at the Australian Embassy. Only joking, an embassy, whilst having many special privileges, such as immunity from and the protection of the host nation, uh, the ground in it is not actually part of the mission. So, should anyone feel inclined to give birth within the bounds of an embassy, your child won't be a citizen of that country. Now, to the main point of my feedback. Matt, not every aircraft accident is going to end up in your burning airliner tent-pegging itself into the ground at a thousand miles an hour. The NTSB will tell you that for the past two decades the survivability rate in an aircraft accident is as high as 95.7%. The European Transport Council has also examined the survivability of aircraft accidents worldwide estimating that 90% are survivable, where no passengers died or technically survivable where at least one occupant survives. Most of these fatalities were a result of impact and fire-related factors including smoke inhalation after impact. So, the importance of safety features such as adopting a good brace position or having airbags can't be overemphasized, as if you can remain conscious and fit enough to move after an accident, then you'll be in a much better position to escape the aircraft. So, don't assume that even if the worst happens, it's a foregone conclusion. Keep your wits about you, and there's a very good chance of a good outcome. Bye, guys. Well, I think it's safe to say I've been voluntarily <laughs> <really> told off. <laughs> uh, although I have to be honest with you, it was worth making said faux pas, if only because it means we get fantastic feedback. I know. Thank you, Captain Nick. Thank that you, was, Captain uh, Nick. That was very much. Uh, that was very much appreciated. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, a lot was my my English teacher from many years ago telling me off for putting the apostrophe in the wrong place. <gasps> oh dear, well, yeah. there is uh, that. But, um, just... Anyway, yeah, great feedback, Nick. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So I'm going to try and make as many errors as I can uh, okay. during most shows to ensure that we get great feedback from <laughs> Captain Nick. So anyway, thanks very much for that. Yes, and I, I, I've only been allowed to return to my desk. I was being made by Carlos to stand in the corner of the barn uh, whilst that was being played, um, but it's only because he can't operate the desk from here is, yeah. is why yeah. I was allowed to come back to my <laughs> I chair. So yeah, there we are. I'm officially... So thanks again for that. 
that, Nick. <laughs> As always, you yeah. are a legend. legend yeah, and uh, yeah. So uh, for those of you in the live YouTube chat room, you'll have also seen another uh, person in the chat room by the name of Andrew Wilson. Yeah. So uh, Nev, passing over to you. Yes, uh, rather confusingly, of course, we've got, we know two Andrew Wilson, so I'm not quite sure which one is in the chat. <laughs> right, good point. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we'll see how we get on. But yeah. uh, uh, this Andrew Wilson very kindly sent in an interview uh, that he did with uh, Mark Lewis. And uh, it's a fascinating insight, actually. And Mark is from the Royal Aeronautical Society, and uh, we've got it, got it now. So let's, uh, let's have a listen to it. Good afternoon, I'm here at the Institute of Aeronautical Technology in the University of Nottingham and I'm here with Mark Lewis who's um, the chief test um, pilot for Rolls-Royce um, aero engines. Uh, so Mark, um, can you give me a description of what you've um, flown and your career in general? Yeah, sure. I started flying with the uh, Air Training Corps, the RAF Air Cadets, uh, back in 1982. Um, my first solo was on a, an open cockpit wooden glider as a 16 year old um, and it all went uh, from there so I, I did a, what they used to call a flying scholarship in the Air Cadets uh, a year after my gliding um, and then after university I joined the RAF full-time in uh, 1991 um, I went through the training system I worked in aviation medicine for a while because I had originally intended to um, be in the medical branch of the RAF but I, I changed branches to fly uh, so I was flying the Hawk uh, in a research role for aviation medicine. All the uh, G protection equipment that you see now in the Eurofighter was being tested at that time. Um, my next job was flying the Harrier on the front line, uh, based in Larbruch in Germany, near the Dutch border. Um, and after that tour, I went to Boscombe Down in Wiltshire to do the Empire Test Pilots uh, School course, a 12-month course in '99. Uh, and from there, I spent seven or eight years uh, test flying in the in the Air Force and, and teaching test flying in the Air Force before I, uh, I left in 2006. Uh, I went to Cathay Pacific in Hong Kong to fly the 747-200. And then shortly after that, the opportunity to do flight tests in Rolls-Royce uh, arose. Um, and I've been with Rolls-Royce now for 10 years, doing mainly propulsion flight test, but flying quite a large variety of uh, of different aircraft, some, some vintage aircraft like the Spitfire, uh, and also our um, 747 flying test bed. Very varied flying. So tell me about the Spitfire then, quite an icon. So the Spitfire is just, it's just the biggest privilege um, to go into a new career, uh, a job with Rolls-Royce, and find that coming with that as a company pilot uh, is the opportunity to fly a Mark 19 Spitfire, a photo reconnaissance Spitfire, which <coughs> has the Griffin engine, it's the biggest engine available on the Spitfire. Um, yeah, beautifully maintained, immaculately engineered, um, and priceless um, museum piece of World War II. It flew operational photo recce missions in World War II, photographing the uh, the V2 rocket sites in Peenemunde. Um, and uh, it's flown off and on since um, early 1945. It, the airplane's been with Rolls since 1995. Um, and although it hasn't flown for the last three years because of a number of technical problems, we should see it back on the airshow circuit later this year. Any plans for any specific airshows you think it might uh, be? Not, not just not yet. yet. Wait, waiting, to, waiting to make sure that the airplane is in good shape and that all four display pilots, there are four of us who fly it, um, <clears throat> are back up to speed. Uh, and then we'll see, once that training is all um, progressing well, uh, what scope there is for displays this year. Excellent. That's going to be 
pleased to see it back in there again. Oh, very much so. It's uh, it's 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 been a frustrating time um, waiting for the um, the engineering fixes to uh, to go in. But it's it's just one of those things with with old aircraft and old engines. Sometimes we run into issues, and uh, because we value the airplane so much, it's it's priceless. Um, there's no rushing the process. Nope. It has to be it has to be exactly right before we fly. Okay, tell me what today in the life of a chief chief test pilot is. Well, no two weeks are the same for me. It's a very varied job. Um, I can be in Arizona, where our 747 flying test bed is based, um, and the raison d'etre for that airplane is to um, test fly the Trent 1000 engine, which is the Boeing 787 power plant. Um, we've been doing that for a number of years. We're, we're still not done with it. There's a number of um, Im improvements going into the engine. There's a number of um, research um, flight trials on new technology coming, including uh, a lean burn combustion system that we'll be testing uh, next year. And then looking to the future, um, the next generation of large Rolls-Royce engines, uh, we would be expecting to uh, test those in the air on a flying test bed, either this test bed or perhaps a replacement, uh, sometime in the next four or five years. Excellent, excellent. Before I let you go, I'll just ask you this one final question. If you could fly any aircraft, either historical or current, what would your choice be? I think I would like to go back to the F-14 Tomcat. Um, I was lucky enough to fly about five trips on the, uh, on the F-14D um, with the US Navy uh, back in 99 as part of my test pilot training. And I enjoyed it so much. It was just such an iconic airplane. Uh, full of challenges, full of handling qualities, vices, full of difficulties, um, but but full of full of power and full of full of history. Uh, a fantastic airplane to fly, a huge airplane for a fighter. Um, and of course, they've stopped flying the F-14 now. But if I had a chance to uh, go and fly something um, of choice, that would be it. Excellent. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I have to say, that was really, really well done. Big, big round of applause. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Very good. Yes. Excellent. And uh, yes, I've just got to apologise because obviously I was looking at a section about the um, Royal Aeronautical Society when I was reading that piece out. Of course, Mark Lewis is the chief test pilot for Rolls-Royce Aero Engines. Fantastic. And uh, very much thanks to... Uh, Andrew for doing that interview absolutely superb well, it was really interesting yeah. Insight into yeah I think Andrew had caught up with him actually he'd, he'd just given a, a talk or a lecture or something wow. with the Royal Aeronautical Society right. so yeah. yeah but no Andrew absolutely fantastic job with that well done um, yeah so that that's how easy it is guys and girls yep. is to to do these um, kind of bits and pieces for the for the show if you want to send us in um, if you get a chance to interview anyone yeah, do. Uh, like that, then yeah. do send us in to the... Uh, yeah, yes, if we sure. get it, we will always play it out. So you don't have to worry. You're not wasting your time, I can promise you. If you send us anything like that, we will always play it out because it's, it's great to hear from our listeners. Yeah. And yeah. let's be honest, they do a far better job than you or I do. Let's, and let's I, and I have to say, I have to yeah. say the, the quality as well. Me and Matt, that was me and Matt were commenting yeah. the, the audio quality yeah. that uh, was really good as nice well. Nice little bit of stereo left and right. Yeah, very, very nice, good. very nice. Very do, I wonder whether... I wonder whether Andrew used a task hand. Yeah, I wonder what device uh, he used. Andrew, yeah, what, what device? He's in what the device? chat room. Uh, he is in the chat room. So what uh, what device did you use just out of interest, Andrew? Because the, the quality was absolutely brilliant. 
It really was. So, Nev, Nev, you and I are officially redundant. That's great news. Oh, yeah. No, no point. <laughs> we'll, we'll hand over the show to the listeners. Yeah, uh, next week, the hosts will be yeah. everyone in the chat room. Everyone in the chat room. They'll do a far better job than us, let's be honest. But, uh, no, brilliant. Again, thank you so much, Andrew. It was uh, very warmly received. Uh, if you want to do something similar, uh, all you have to do is bung an email to us. So, it is podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. That is podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Uh, Nev's passenger experience. We'd like to hear from you if you've had any good or bad flight flight experience if there's anything you'd like to say about if you want a bash ba yeah if you want if you want (laughs) other airlines are available for a good bashing (laughs) it has to be said uh yeah again podcast at plaintalkinguk.com that's podcast at plaintalkinguk.com our facebook handle is facebook.com forward slash plain talking uk and you'll find us on twitter with the handle at plain talking uk so don't forget next week on the show we have got uh, andy colson joining us mm. and uh, andy is uh, the these is operations airside operations man or courtier a coordinator for the Farnborough Air Show. So uh, Andy has uh, the job of putting all the infrastructure in place uh, ready for the Farnborough Air Show, which is happening later on this year in July, which we're all going to. Um, so that's on next week's show. Uh, so yep. we'll have him on the show, and we're yep. going to have a good old chat with Andy about uh, what it takes to you know to, to put everything yep. together for Farnborough. And if you want to catch the show live, we're going to be doing that next Friday, so that's a week today, so it'll be Friday the 6th of April. Is that right? The 6th of April? I'm just looking. Yes, yeah, yeah. It is Friday the 6th, the 6th, 6th of, of April, April is when we're going to do that. Yeah. And we're going to have a start time of 7pm. Yes. Um, we've just got to work out the final logistics because I'm actually not going to be in uh, East Anglia. But uh, there we are. But it, it, the plan is to start at 7 uh, uh, PM as per normal, as I say, and uh, do please, if yeah. you're not able to join us live, do please send us any questions, questions you want us to yeah. ask him to podcast at playtalkinguk.com. Uh, obviously, if you're able to join us live as per normal, then you can uh, get your questions in uh, using the uh, the chat room. But uh, that's it, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to say a massive, massive thanks to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube live chat room this evening. There's been loads of people in there tonight. It's been a really, really good show. Mm. So big thanks to everyone who's taken time out of their Friday Ooh. to join us Sorry, in it was the a, chat room. It was a Zoom H4N um, recording device. Do you know, are you good, familiar are. with that? Zooms are very good. Are they? Right. Um, okay. yeah. Stephen Grant used, that, used those over at PCDU. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, not actually that bad in price-wise, actually. I yeah. 124 quid. Just before we go, um, there was... Um, uh, you know that uh, that chap that sent us some feedback in Captain Nick. I've heard. Well, of him, he does yes. this thing on another podcast. <gasps> oh, he does. Plain yes. tales that you yeah. you might have uh, heard of. Um, and on the airlinepilotguide.com website is now uh, a compilation of nearly all of the ones that he's done so far. And Liz, uh, Hims, and Nick and Jeff have done a fantastic job of compiling it all. I just thought I would. Uh, mentioned Absolutely, it on the yeah. show because I think it's actually a, a huge amount of work and I've just it posted is, that in yeah. the in the chat room but if you want to go and have a look at it it's um, uh, airline pi, uh, airlinepilotguide.com forward slash plain tales yeah indeed and, and don't make the mistake I did it's plain tales is spelt p-l-a-n-e-t-a-l-e-s uh, yes. for some reason I put as in tail as in plain tale the fin of a plane oh okay so, yeah, yeah. So it is. Yeah. but that's probably just me being very special so. well we don't really do aviation do we so, no, no, no 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 I don't but I tell you I'm quite rubbish at this for, uh, yeah. for those of you who obviously we all listen to the Alan Pilot Guy show yeah. and uh, you know we all listen to, to Nick's uh, plain tales 
channels and you know this is an awesome source to be able to it go is. back yeah. and, you know, and pick the ones that you, you know really enjoy download and listen to them yeah. and there's quite a few on there that I will be uh, certainly yeah, uh, picking uh, this week okay. yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, get yourselves that, over there yeah well done Nev I forgot, I've forgotten all about that so had I, until I was prompted. Oh, very, good, very good. You See, this is why we love the chat room. Good old chat room. <laughs> so again, thanks everyone for joining us. And also, we're not forgetting as well, all the many people who download the show listen to via, well. to, yeah. uh, via iTunes and yep. all the various podcast platforms. And, by the way, if you're a Spotify user, <gasps> uh, it is also available. We're not on Spotify. We are now officially on Spotify as wow. well. So if you want to, wow. if you use um, uh, Spotify, which I know I do. Uh, you they, do. There is a segment in there all about uh podcast and we are now listed in there so you've got no excuse guys uh, to listen to the show uh, offline oh, as well so we're available from there but other all other good any anyone that does podcasts that are, are worth any salt whatsoever <laughs> we are in amongst them now that's what that's what awesome. we have to say so uh, that is where we're going to bring episode number 210 Ten. to a close just that leaves me to say a massive thanks to uh, nev uh, you've been an absolute legend as always. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks for having us on again. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed uh, today as always. And uh, don't forget to join us next week for that special yeah, show with Andy, with, Coulson, uh, Andy yeah. Coulson. Yeah, that'll be yeah. really good. Looking Absolutely. forward to that. Yeah, so from all of us here then, everybody here, uh, everybody have an amazing Easter. Yeah, have, have a great it. weekend. I hope you, the Easter Bunny brings you billions of eggs. Billions. Uh, you know, so that you're, you know, and, and you'll... And I'm so on a diet. And you'll all end up the size I am by the end of the weekend. That 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 is your goal, everyone. All right, get stuck in. Yeah. So from all of us here in the studio, it's time to say goodbye. 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 Bye. Woo. Bye. Bye.